Hello, this is Pastor Bob Gray. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast here at Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. I trust the services will be a blessing to you. If I can do anything for you, please let me know. You can find our information on the website at ebclongview.com. Let's go right into the services of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Enjoy God's Word. I'm going to take the next couple of Wednesday nights and I'm going to go through different areas of our lives that strengthen us as Christians. So all of us are light. That's what Matthew chapter 5 says. And if you'll go to Matthew chapter 5, and uh, let's get there real quick. Matthew chapter 5. Keep your Bibles handy because we're going to be uh, kind of walking through some things. But, but this whole series... Uh, that we're getting ready to go through these, these about six weeks. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 13, there's a word there. Ye are the salt of the earth. And I want you to notice what it says. But if salt have lost his savor, wherewithal shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but is to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. The day that you and I trusted Jesus Christ as our Savior was the day that we became salt, and the Bible says we also became light. Now, as we have been left here, if you'll notice the wording there in verse number 13, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? In other words, where can you apply it that it does any good? So when you and I are walking through this earth, you, you and I are to bring to the table some Christian graces about us, and it should be the hallmark of who we are. There are a lot of times that it's not, though. Uh, we're good in church. We're, we're good when we're around fellow believers. We're good when we're around people uh, that, uh, that, that we, we go to the same church, we believe the same Bible. But you put us in a circumstance that's outside of here, and sometimes we don't, the best of us doesn't come out. But there is some Christian graces. I want you to go to Colossians chapter 1. So we're going to be coming back to Matthew chapter 5. But go to Colossians chapter 1, if you will. In Colossians chapter 1. So it's more than just a behavior. It's our Savior. It's our Savior. So it's more than just an act. It's more than something we pick up, put on, take off at the end of the day. It is our Savior. It is what we leave behind. Uh, Colossians chapter 1. And I want you to back up to verse number, uh, let's see here, verse number 15. It says this, Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. For, excuse me, and he is the head of the body, uh, the church, who is the beginning of the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Now we're getting ready to get into verse number 20. And having made peace through the what? Blood of his cross by him, and look at the next word please, to what? Reconcile all things unto himself. I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. So the one word right there is the word reconcile. So you and I, Christ came that he might reconcile all things unto himself. That word reconcile right there, and now we're going to go to its sister word. Go back to Matthew chapter 5. 
So in Matthew chapter 5, there is a sister word here. In Matthew chapter number 5. And if you would, we're going to start, these are what is called the Sermon on the Mount. Sermon on the Mount starts at 5, 6, 7, and then they come down off the Mount in chapter 8 in verse number 1. So you're going to find that Christ is teaching, look at verse number 2. He opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall, be, they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now, verse number 9, the word reconcile over here is this word found in verse number 1. Verse number 1. How about that? Verse number 9. Blessed. <laughs> I've not been drinking, people. Uh, blessed are the what, please? Peacemakers. For they shall be called the what? Children of God. Back in Colossians, he said that I'm reconciling all things unto myself. The word peacemaker right there is is very interesting because it means to pacify. And uh, and I'm not going to stick this in my mouth, uh, but it means to pacify. Um, it, It means to take something that is at unrest and Right now, this is, this is a parent's best friend right there. And uh, so, so you just stick it. It pacifies. It also means Pacific. Pacific. How many's ever seen the Pacific Ocean in its beauty? Oh, my soul. How many remember the first time you saw the Pacific Ocean in its beauty? Oh, yes, yes. Now, now I'm not talking about the northern coastline up there around Oregon and around Washington and around Northern California. Y'all, listen to me. That's ugly. That's cold at times. Sorry, Rebecca. That's ugly and that's cold at times. But how many would agree, when you get down to, to around that, that Los Angeles, that Long Beach, that, that San Diego, down through there, especially if you take a trip over to Hawaii, if you've ever been to Hawaii, and the blue water is amazing. Kelly and I got to go for our, one of our anniversaries, and uh, we were there, and, and the salt water, fat floats, y'all know that? And uh, so you sit there, and you just get buoyant, put your head down, and, and you just float. That's all. And the water, that's what it means. It means when you walk out that this, this blessed are the peacemakers, for they are the children of God. God is all about reconciliation. The reason he's all about reconciliation is because he's not willing that any should perish, but that what all should come. The, the greatest gospel, if, if, if you're going to get the gospel, then the gospel cannot be given until our nature is one of reconciliation. I'm not necessarily talking about going out, and I'm not necessarily talking about trying to reconcile everything. I'm talking about blessed are the peacemakers. It is not something we do, it is something that we are. And when in our nature, and we're going to look at several, several verses here, but he said here that this reconciliation, this ability to be a peacemaker, this, this ability to take tough situations and step in and, and, and just calm them down, not because of what you do, but because of this is who you are. Go to Romans chapter 5 and verse number 1. So in Romans chapter 5, 
in verse number one. We're going to be looking, and I'm going to give you ten things, uh, ten points, and I think it's ten, nine or ten points here, and uh, Romans chapter five and verse number one. And our relationship with the Lord should transform, transfer into every relationship around us, all right? Again, when we walk out of a situation, there ought to be a Pacific. There ought to be a, 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 a beach. There ought to be just this, even at night, the Pacific Ocean is gorgeous. We had the ball team out at a tournament several years ago, and the volleyball girls uh, decided they would go down to the beach and uh, not really knowing everything there in Long Beach, uh, they thought that if they took their shoes off, they would be safe on the, uh, on the wall. Y'all know what I'm getting ready. So, so I'm with the guys back at the, back at the, uh, the, the Airbnb that we rented. And, uh, and Brother Jaime and them, Katie, you were there, weren't you? They're, they were down by the beach down there. And all of a sudden, I get this phone call that says, you got to get down here. Somebody stole their shoes. And the homeless people live up underneath the bridge right there, and, and the homeless lady came out and stole the shoes, and, and, and so they came down, sure enough, this lady had stole the girl's shoes, and so I'm like, well, I called the police. They said, your emergency? I said, there, there's a homeless lady down here, and she stole the shoes. They said, okay. They're not coming for shoes. And that's all there is to it. So I'm like, I'm getting them shoes back. So, so I get up underneath it. I'm battling with this homeless lady. She's sitting on all these shoes. And she's looking at me like, you ain't getting these shoes back. And I said, ma'am, I will tear this tent apart. Guess what I was not at that moment? I was not a peacemaker. Want to know why? Because these girls were like, those are brand new shoes. I need my shoes back. And their mamas. Anyway, so I, praise the Lord. So, but, but the Pacific Ocean, even at night, it is such, such a, a peaceful calm atmosphere that you hear the wave i can't describe unless you've been there just the waves and the beauty this is who we're supposed to be and many times we look at the fact of no god's a god of wrath he is god's going to pour out his judgment and he will god will stand up and he will melt the earth with fire he will but right now he said this blessed are the peacemakers for, they, for these are the children of God. So look at Romans chapter 5 and look at verse 1. Therefore being justified by faith, we have what please? Peace with God through, through our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom also we have access by faith uh, into the grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation, also knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. We have the ability to have peace with God because of Jesus Christ. The whole point of you and I living on this earth is to be at so at peace with God on the inside that it comes out in our nature. Do you know why some neighborhoods are not safe to live in? Because the homes in those neighborhoods are not at peace. They're not at peace. You let mom and dad start screaming on the inside of a home, and then you let five homes in that neighborhood be out of control. Then you let all the homes in that neighborhood be out of control. When there is no peace in a home, then all of a sudden it's going to spill over to outside. But you let a neighborhood become like that. So, so you and I are sitting here, 
And now we have to become these peacemakers. We have to have a life of pacific and pacifying. Do you know one of the greatest things that a husband could ever do is refuse to fight with his wife? Just refuse. I'm not going to fight with you. The greatest thing a wife can do is I'm not going to fight with you. Fighting is not the salt that God wants us to be. So now let's go through some scriptures and let's take a look at some things. Go to Romans chapter 3 and verse number 9. Romans chapter 3 and verse number 9. When you look at this, this, this peace that's found throughout the Bible, then we start asking ourselves these questions according to God's word. So, so look at Romans chapter 3 verse 9. What then? Are we better than they? No. In no wise, for we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under what? Sin. As it is written, don't let the familiarity make us not pay attention. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. Look, look at how terrible this is. They are all, they are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Look at this. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. They, the poison of asp is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. Look at this. And the way of peace have they what? Not known. There is a group of people they've never known peace. Do you see what that just said? They've never known what it was like to live in peace. So the question that I think comes to the table is this. How often does your world live in peace versus drama? So these people right here in Romans chapter 3, and, and this, this whole thing is their mouth is full of cursing. Their feet are swift to shed uh, blood. Destruction and misery are in their way. And the way of peace, have they not known? And if I could tell you that the only thing that takes away this type of drama is Jesus Christ. And that's why the continuous conversation in your life needs to center around the Prince of Peace. You see, being a peacemaker is not what we do. Any referee can step in and stop a fight. All right? Anybody can step in and stop something. But it's what you and I leave behind. It's the saver. And so when you and I move away from the day we got saved, if I asked you right now, tell me about the day you got saved. That, that's easy to talk about here. But how often do we talk about that day we got saved? And then how often are we talking about Jesus because our saver is not in ourselves. Our saver is in the day that we, we got saved. Go to Romans chapter 5, verse 1. That's why he said, therefore, being justified by faith, we have what? Peace with God. Through who? Jesus, our, our Lord Jesus Christ. So tough times, and, and always remember this, because if you look in Romans chapter 5, it now goes into tough times. All right? So look what it says there. We have access. Glory in verse number 3. Tribulations. Okay? We don't like that part. Patience. There are times when we're going to have tough times. But the default should always come back to peace. It should always settle down to peace. That's why joy is a wonderful thing. Let me catch you on your static time in your life 
And guess what it should be? It should go back to joy. You may go through tough times, but guess where the default is? Joy. You may go through great times, but guess where you come back to? Joy. Because the only person that can give us this is Jesus Christ. And what the world needs and what your your job needs and what your family needs is somebody who knows Jesus Christ as their Savior and they know what it's like to live in peace, not carry drama throughout their life. Go to Romans chapter 8 and verse number 5. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 5. So now, when you're asking, when you're talking about being a peacemaker, then your default should be peace because honestly, You don't want to live a life, you never know what it's like to be in peace. Romans chapter 8, verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is what? Death. To be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. Now this this is truly amazing because we're getting ready to go to 1 Corinthians, but can I tell you something? If, If something's happening in our life and our first move is not toward peace, that has to be the first move. How can I reconcile? And when you bring to the table the glass is half full, we're gonna be okay. We're gonna make it through. We're going through tribulation, we're going through problems. Christ never entered into something with the bad as his outcome. Christ always entered into it with, I can raise up the dead. I can heal the sick. That leprosy has no bearing on me. That problem has no bearing on me. And you let this be your nature as a Christian. There's a negativity that constantly exists because we're in the flesh. And the more this flesh picks up, the more our first response is negative. Instead of our first response being peace we can heal this there's no reason why this can't so now go to first corinthians chapter 3 and verse number one because it said here in romans for to be carnally minded so what does it mean to be carnally minded carnality is defined more by by relationships than attachment to the world so when you're talking about someone that is carnally minded A carnal mind is always running to drama and it's always running to problems. You let a group of people get carnally minded, they're going to be in trouble. I was interviewing some some teenagers on encouragement at Emmanuel two weeks in a row. And I found it very interesting when I started asking them about their spiritual relationship with each other. It, It was amazing how that they when we were live, they were talking about being spiritual. But after that, I asked a couple of them, I said, was, was that hard to talk about that? And a couple of them said, you know, pastor, it's hard when you initially do it. But after you get into it and you realize that you're surrounded by people who want the things of God, this becomes a joy. And now 1 Corinthians chapter 3 tells us this, and I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. Now remember, the carnal, the carnal mind heads to death. So what is this? Unto carnal, even as the base. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. Hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither are ye now able, for ye are yet carnal. And now he's getting ready to define it. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal 
and walk as what? Men. Children. You ever, you ever notice that children can't stand fighting? You ever notice that? They don't like the fighting. Dogs don't like the fighting. And there ought to be something in us, our savor. This thing that, this thing that sticks out in our lives ought to be this. That I, in any problem, am going to run to peace. That's going to be the first thing I want to get to. Because I am going to be a peacemaker. I am going to be what my Savior is, and I'm going to start reconciling. So when you understand that if our mind runs to war instead of to peace, and when you can learn the Christian art, then all of a sudden you start leaving behind a savor. And now your salt is good. Go to um, Romans chapter, uh, let's see here, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, where, where, do, where are you going to battle this at? So, so if you're like, I'm, I'm going to be peace. I'm, I'm going to try to make peace as much as I can. Where does that battle start at? 2 Corinthians chapter 10. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, if you'll look here, the battle for peace is, is one in the mind, okay? For 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our war, warfare are not what? Carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imagination, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, and having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Do you look on the things after the outward appearance? If any man trusts to himself that he is Christ, let, he, let him of himself think this again, that as he is Christ, even so are we Christ. This battle is going to come in the mind. Because here's what's going to happen. Whenever there's drama, whenever there's problems, you know you're maturing when you don't want anything to do with drama and you don't want anything to do with problems. You know you're still immature. When you thrive on these problems, drama should turn your stomach to where you're like, I, I, I don't even want to get into it. I, I, don't, I don't even want to get into it. Because peace, we, there's this peacemaker part of our spiritual life that really needs to be picking up. But peace is something that we have to do. And if we find ourselves being faced with tribulation, and then all of a sudden we're running to the drama. Don't let that be your life. Fight it. Use it in your, in your mind. And I'll tell you that carnality will come out in relationship. But go to Romans chapter 10, verse 12. Because to me now, we're, we're going from we're, this peace that we have. Are minds carnal or are we spiritual? We spiritually minded people are always running to peace and then look at Romans chapter 10 and verse number 12 so now this is internal internal so I want you to think in terms of this this is internal so now I want peace I'm gonna I'm gonna do this I'm gonna be a peacemaker I'm gonna be reconciling this is how I want to do it but now it, it twists and look at Romans chapter 10 verse 12 for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call in him whom they've not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that, what? Preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. This verse is telling us 
that now we are to be the preacher of this gospel of peace. Now I know that this is about calling upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I get that. But you know how we get the gospel out? It's when we're at peace, we want peace, and now we're caring peace, and now we're preaching peace. That's why we can't sit on the sidelines when it comes to things around us. You have to step up. Somebody has to step up and go, no, 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 no. We need some peace. All of us love drama. All of us love that at times. But that's the carnal side of us. But now this peace that we have with the Lord, this peace that our mind runs to, the hardest thing you'll ever do is step up and go, hey, hey, how, how, about, how about we change the subject? Hey, how about we just move on to something else? Hey, I don't think that's doing us any good. And the hardest people you do that with are the people you live with. That's the hardest people. The hardest people you do that with are the people you go to church with. The hardest people you do that are the people in your world because somebody has to be the preacher of peace. And everyone has been given this mandate. And someone that's looking for it, the saver that you and I have, the person that's looking for it, they'll listen to you. Everybody here carries influence. Everybody carries influence. Go to Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14, and we talked about this, this verse in its entirety for a couple of weeks, but this chapter, I should say. But in Romans chapter 14, it says, Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. Verse 14, I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, uh, now walkest thou not charitably, destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. Let not your good be evil spoken of. For the kingdom of God, look at this, is not meat and drink, but what? Righteousness and peace and what? Joy in the Holy Ghost. So now we find out that here you have this interaction. This interaction, the kingdom of God is not in the physical it's 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 okay if you um when we had the pews in here when i first became pastor 13 years ago um i walked in the back of the auditorium and and i had come in late uh because i got caught in the hallway and and i was coming in late and so i sat in the pew and um brother um um oh good night was it brother koning or somebody was up here directing traffic and um and so this lady comes in and uh, I've known her for years. And she looks at me and she goes, you're sitting in my seat. I said, ma'am? I thought she was kidding. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, this seat. And, and uh, yeah, I didn't know that you bought it. She said, no, you're sitting in my seat. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. So I got up and I moved and she, and she sat down. You know what the book's saying here? That... Our kingdom is not wrapped up in the seat we sit in or us getting our way. You know what it's wrapped up in? Peace. Peace. So here's what's going on. If we're going to leave savor, think about a salt shaker. We're changing the flavor. We're changing it a little bit, a little bit at a time. Guess who we are? We are salt. And the salt that we carry is one of those is we are a peacemaker. It is a saver. 
that it's just like cologne or perfume. You can always tell when your mama had been there or your daddy had been there. Or this is, and what we're doing, we're leaving behind this, that when people know we're saved, we have peace, my mind is always running to peace. I'm not running to make this worse. I'm trying to make this better. And now I'm going to be a preacher of peace. I'm just going to open my mouth and get it out there. But now for the sake of the right kingdom, I'm going to make sure I'm fighting not for what I can get, but for what's coming. And that's why he said in Romans 14, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. There's a lot of times that, that people haggle over things that are just, we haggle too much. We do, over the wrong things. And I'll tell you that this is what peace is. You know, you know when you are wanting peace, when you realize that's the wrong kingdom. So now if you would, go to Romans chapter 16. Romans chapter 16. And now we have what's going on here in Romans chapter 16. And, and it's one of those savers. It's one of those, those things about our character, our Christian character. Look at Romans 16. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause division and offense is contrary to the what, please? Doctrine. Romans 16, 17. Did I tell you what verse? Oh, I'm sorry. Don't you know what verse I'm in? Verse 17. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause division and offense is contrary to the what? Doctrine which ye have learned and what? Avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own bellies. And by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. For your obedience has come abroad unto all men. I am glad, therefore, on your behalf, but yet I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. Look at this. And the God of what? Peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. This is very interesting to me because I think we get the enemy wrong. The enemy is Satan. That's the enemy. Did y'all hear that? The enemy is Satan. And you know somebody's being used by the enemy back in verse number 17. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the what? Doctrine which ye have learned, and what are we to do? Avoid them. There is a reason why that God says this very plainly. It is not that people would disagree with the doctrine. Now, this is all the savor, and this is all the salt. Because listen, if salt loses its savor, then it will be no good. And no one is exempt from association with bad doctrine. Nobody is. We think we are. We do. We think we can read anything, watch anything, explore anything. And at this point, the disagreements pick up. But would you look at what it said? It is not the disagreement. There are people that theologically disagree. But here is the problem. Now, I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause division and offenses, what? Contrary to the doctrine. In other words, they may believe different. But now they're trying to be contrary about it. Now they're trying to cause divisions over it. Whenever somebody, 
says to me, you know, we changed the name of our church back in January 2020. And July of 2019, July 4th, I still remember it, July 4th, I think it was a Wednesday night, somewhere around the Patriotic, and I came to church and said, look, I think that we need to change the name of our church. And I said, what I want you to do. And so we went on this quest. We voted on it, I think, in November to change it. We started taking everything, rebranding it. We pulled the trigger on 2020. There's one last phase we never got to uh, that we're going to get ready to introduce again. That Then all of a sudden, we got, to, we got to March 15th, 2020, I think it was. And then this whole thing went into a pandemic. But along the way, when people found out that, that we voted to change the name of our church, I cannot tell you how many people thought that in the changing of the name of our church, we were going to change our beliefs. Remember when we said, y'all give names? And it was like, well, you know, in the Bible, they were called the church at Antioch, the church at Ephesus. You know, pastor, do we really have to put Baptist on the name? Y'all, listen to what I'm about to tell you. Yeah. Absolutely we do. Amen. And in an effort to follow what God wanted me to do, and I felt like what he wanted our church to do, there were people who thought, oh, you're going to change all these other things. No. And the Bible says if we want to keep our doctrine, and, and look there in Romans chapter 16, and if we want to get out of God's way, then we must understand that the God of peace is the one that bruises Satan. But we cannot have associations with people with bad doctrine. And this is what people, this is where people do not understand that our peace and our tranquility comes when we are surrounding ourselves by people that will not and do not try to move us off what we believe. How many have friends, don't raise your hand, but how many have friends that they don't agree with you but they're not constantly trying to change you. I got people that they're not Baptists. They're my friends. I got an Episcopalian uh, that, that he keeps wanting me to, to put a robe on to preach in. I said, man, I'm not putting a robe on. Oh, come on, Bob. You can wear your jeans underneath and you don't have to wear a tie and put a robe on. And when you walk out, you're back to being normal. And I am not putting a robe on. Not. And he laughs about it. But he doesn't try to sit down and change. But here's the problem. When somebody tries to change the doctrine, and that's why we put up the fourth core value, purity of doctrine. Because we cannot. Because we must be a church that's about peace. Go to 1 Corinthians 16 and verse number 5. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse number 5. So not only... Are, are, are we understanding that the God of peace, it's, it's in the same context there in Romans chapter 16, he's the one that bruises Satan. And, and I cannot put myself in a position to where I, that people around me are self-serving, trying to get me to come off what I believe. And uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 5. Now I will come unto you shortly when I shall pass through Macedonia, for I do pass through Macedonia. And it may be that I will abide, yea, and winter with you, that ye may bring me on my journey whithersoever I go. For I will not see you now by the way, but I trust to tarry a while with you, if the Lord permit. But I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost. For a great door, an effectual door is open unto me, and there are, there are many adversaries. Now if Timotheus come, see that he may be with you without fear, for he worketh the work of the Lord as I do. 
let no man despise him, look at this, but conduct him forth in what? Peace. You conduct him forth in peace. There is something wonderful about passing on. So the people that are with us, Timothy was a very young man, and Paul was telling them in verse number 10, now look, now if Timothy, Tim, if Timothy has come, see that he may be with you without fear, for he worketh the work of the Lord, and let no man despise him, but conduct him forth in peace. There is something to be said about the young people and the people we're taking with us, that this should be a peaceful life that they're, they're getting to experience. It should not be drama-filled. And that's where our Savior as a peacemaker is, is the, and it was very important to Paul, I said, look, Timothy's young. Please do not conduct him forth with anything but peace. There is something wonderful about being saved and having this peace. And then look at Colossians 3, 12, and we're gonna end with this. Colossians chapter three and verse 12. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy, I'll let you get there. Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 12. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. And if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Look at this. And let the what? Peace of God do what, please? Rule in your hearts. To the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. They were commanded to put on seven things here. But he said, above all. So understand that this peace has to rule in your heart. So if I were to ask the average Christian, the peace of God, you know it's ruling in your heart, when that's your first move. When something comes up, is it your first move to go, no, 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 I'm not gonna be carnally minded, I want peace, because I am gonna be a peacemaker. We'll end with this, Hebrews chapter 12, and verse number 14. And when it's ruling in your heart, according to Colossians chapter 12, if you go to Hebrews chapter 12, in verse number 14, because it's all encompassing with the fact that this peace is ruling in my heart, not having association with people that are contrary to the doctrine. But look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Follow peace with all men. And what? Holiness. Without which no man shall see the Lord. I love that verse. I found this to be true that when I am in unrest, when pastor's not as at peace as I should be, then there are a couple of things going on, and one of them is, who am I allowing in my life? Because the Bible says, follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. And there is something wonderful about the people around me having peace and having holiness, but here it comes. Are you ready? Look at the next verse in Hebrews chapter 12. He's talking about following peace with all men. There's a colon. There's a colon. Do you know what the antithesis of peace is in one of the signs? Look at, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of what? Bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be what? Defiled. The quickest way to find out if peace is not ruling 
is all you have to know is, is there bitterness that exists. Y'all, please don't let any situation make you bitter. Amen. It's not worth it. Yes, sir. It's, it's just not worth it. Because one of the, the end result of a Christian being bitter is many are defiled. And that means lost people too. And someone's going to die and go to hell because believers don't follow peace. There, there are some things, it doesn't matter. I'm not fighting this kingdom. I'm fighting for peace and righteousness. No, I'm not going to follow people who, are, who don't have peace. I'm following people that have peace and holiness here. And when you and I start surrounding ourselves and we get into this, no, 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 I want peace. That's not worth it. I'm not fighting over that. That doesn't mean anything. But there are some times that we don't understand that the peace that we have is such a savor. Go back to Matthew 5 and let's end where we began. Christ comes along in Matthew chapter 5. And this is right in the middle of what they call the Beatitudes. In Matthew chapter number 5. So it's, it's this setting in Matthew chapter 5. And then if you'll go up to verse number 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. But if you'll notice the progression, notice the progression before we ever get to peace in Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Do you know what? Those who are humble in spirit. Do, do you know that when you look at yourself in your spirit of who you truly are and you don't think more highly of yourself? I'm not talking about a low self-esteem that's been beaten down by other people, but I'm talking about truly. I, I, I don't think I'm better than anybody else. My father pounded that into me. Boy, everybody puts their britches on the same way you put yours on. You're not better than anybody else. You're not worse than anybody else. But compared to God, you're a filthy, rotten sinner. <laughs> and the presumptuous of our society that they're like, I deserve. The entitlement is killing our society. Right. There's a poor in spirit. Look at what's built on. Blessed are they that mourn. So it's always coming from the bottom up. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are they that mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst. Blessed are the merciful. And that's why the purity of life is found in these virtues. Do you know that the heart becomes purer? The more that we become poor in spirit, we mourn, we're meek, we hunger and thirst, we're merciful, and then we just want peace. This is where we want to live. And there is something wonderful. Just, I just want peace. I, that, that's all, I just want to live in peace. And if I could encourage you that your savor in verse number 13 comes from these things found above it. And I don't have time to go into it, but one of the virtues of our is this ability to make peace. So I will tell you this, that in your life and in my life, God was able to make peace with us because of one person, Jesus Christ. And the Bible's very clear that you and I can live in this peace around us because of one person. Guess who that is? Jesus Christ. So when you're looking at the world around you, you should know what it's like to live in peace, not drama. Not always things are going wrong. You should walk away from any situation and it be peace. Now, we're trapped in the flesh, and that flesh right there, that flesh loves it. Man, let me tell you something. How many would agree that when somebody starts whispering and they say, did you hear? 
that you're like, no, 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 what, 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 what? There's a part of us that we want in, but y'all, let's live a peaceful life. That way the people around us, and like First Corinthians, conducting Timothy along, that everything is done in peace. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast of the sermons from Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. We trust that the sermons and God's word was a blessing to you and yours. Please visit us at ebclongview.com. If we can do anything for you, please let us know. Have a great day.